0: Some exchange betting companies run short-lived promotions, like months-long offers of low commission. At BetDAC, we wanted to change the way we did things, so we set our commission at 2% permanently. That's 2% on football, horse racing, golf, almost any sport. 2%. That's just one way that BetDAC is changing for the better. For the better, like you. BetDAC, the 2% commission exchange. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly.
1: Hello and welcome to a very special local Report Extra edition. We've got Wimbledon on, well, AFC Wimbledon, sorry, on Saturday. So I thought I'd reach out to Iva Heller, Commercial Director of AFC Wimbledon, been involved since 2002. He's very nicely agreed to join me on the podcast today. We've had a few... Few issues, but you know what? He came through, he did well. But how are you doing, Ivor? Are you well? Yeah,
2: I'm good. Thank you very much. Very good. I was up, I was up in the frozen north yesterday, so getting ready for, uh, you know, to uh, play you lot on Saturday. I, I got acclimatized.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit cold up there now, is Baltic, isn't it?
2: Oh, absolutely. Well, I was actually in Scotland yesterday. So, yeah, it was absolutely, it was proper cold. And I'm like, oh, I well, know. That's Southern pain because We don't particularly like it that cold, to be honest with you. <laughs> you said
1: it. You said like, it, mate. You I mean said it. it. I mean it. No shame. <laughs> now, I want to say it's your first visit on Saturday, but it's not. Not to any no. football fan. It's not Wimbledon's no. first visit. No. It's no. AFC's technically, but let's forget that other team that existed. But then... I've I've been doing my research as I was saying before, and I think it, it's really, really going to be something massively interesting. I did a podcast at the beginning of the season with a lad from America. Now he'd never been to AFC Wimbledon, but he was just besotted with the idea of the history, what happened, and everything that came with it. And it was brilliant, but it's weird. I'm I'm going from him to someone who was directly involved. So in in the best way you can because I know it's a long story but you've been involved with ASC Wimbledon since 2002. Yeah. Now you were part of the fans consortium that started or restarted the, the proper Wimbledon. How oh, did you get involved? How much enjoyment does it have being where you are right now? And uh, yeah, just fill me in. Just, just okay. tell me what happened.
2: Well, yeah, you know, I, I I was a a, a vice president at Wimbledon previously. And uh, and got involved, you know, very very seriously in in the fight to stop franchising. You know, we, we mm-hmm. wanted to stop the the Wimbledon and being taken away and going to a place that shall not be mentioned. Um, <laughs> I, unfortunately, after a, a, a very amazing fight, we lost that fight. And on May the twenty seventh, two thousand and two, I got a, a phone call to say. Um, from someone that I knew in very high up in the FA to say, I know you're not going to believe this, but you've lost. You lost. You know, you, you, you. They're, they're going to let you. Let we would have moved to Milton Keynes. So unlike a, a lot of other people, um, a lot of people wanted to go up into London to to demonstrate the next day, which I had every right to do. I phoned um, uh, a guy called Mark Jones, and then I phoned uh, Trevor Williams uh, and said, "Look, you two uh it's entirely up to you. You can go up to the FA and shout and scream tomorrow, but I'm telling you now we've lost. You can't publicize that, but we have lost. And therefore, you know, I think that that, that we need to get together and do something. I think we need to um we really need start putting a, a a new club together. And they're all like, well yeah why not? Good idea. That's exactly what we want to do. We had talked about it briefly beforehand. Um and then Chris Stewart who was our first chairman um And first CEO, he um, actually turned around and said that that he had to go up next. He had to get the result officially from the FA, Uh, and uh, and I said, "All right, well, if you walk through the door at nine thirty on the next morning, then uh, then we're off and running." Uh, And that was how we put the bare bones of it together. We then um, went and talked to fans that night at the Dog and Fox um, up in not the Dog and Fox, the Fox and Grapes. Always get those two muddled up. The Fox and Grapes, (laughs) Uh, and uh, you know. Mark went up there and did a load of rabble rousing, started telling people we were going to go again. And uh, and then we started work on it. And uh, the Thursday night, there was a, the Independent Supporters Association. We saw women in the Independent Supporters Association at an AGM. That was very fortunate. That meeting was one of the most highly charged meetings I've ever been to. We had eight television crews there. There was everybody was there. It was unbelievable. The most packed room you've ever been in. People s- literally in the rafters. About two hundred people outside. It was a, it was unbelievable. It was incredible, and that was the night that that, that basically um, there was a big argument, lots of infighting, where people were going, no, 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 we, you know, we, we 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 want to carry on fighting. We want to carry on fighting. We're like, but but we've lost. We've lost. Now we need to start again. And the real way to fight this and the real way to fight this franchise disaster that's happened is on the football field. Did they ever give you that's a
1: reason? Behind why you lost because it, it, it yeah. from a Sunderland perspective I'm I'm looking from the outside in but it's it was just crazy I mean I remember it I remember when we played it when we played Wimbledon as they were playing in Milton Keynes at like last season and it was just so surreal it was made no sense and it still doesn't to me but you maybe know a little bit more about why the but, FA decided to do that. Yeah.
2: They they put a document together, and they, there was no <clears throat> doubt about it. Blimey, Newcastle the beating man, see That won't please you, will it? No. <laughs> right, <laughs> Couldn't have com- comment on that one. That's incredible. <laughs> um, yeah. So the FA put a document together. They put a committee together that was that was uh, a three man committee, and and their decision was going to be binding. They put a report together, and uh, as to why it happened, really, what it was was there was there was a legal loophole. The people behind. The idea of franchising the football club had found that loophole uh, and they were not going to let it rest. They were not going to let it go. And, uh, and, and the FA and the Football League all knew that there was this loophole and they knew that they, they would be in for a very expensive and long court case if they tried to stop it. Basically, that's what happened. And then they put a load of mishmash reasons as to, to why it was allowed to happen. Um, and there were such things in the report. And this is the greatest line that was ever put in any report because it's fueled us forever. And, and the line went something like this. It's not in the wider interests of football for a Wimbledon town type football club to start up. <laughs> you get that? Why? What? Why? Um, because, what do you mean by that? Well, I think that somebody very cleverly thought, hold on a minute if a bunch of lunatics decide to start a football club and make it successful, what's, how's that going to make us look exactly the (laughs) way they look
1: now? Stupid. Yeah. Yeah. End of story. (laughs) And it has been so successful. I mean, we're talking 2002 and I mean, I don't remember the beginning or the, anything like that happening ever in history. And I remember, I mean, 2002, I don't know what age I would have been, but I would have been in my late teens, I think.
2: All oh, right, yeah, I'm going off you now, all right? <laughs> we were getting on well-grain, but now you've upset me.
1: <laughs> I'm getting on, getting on. you're yeah, but... yeah, going on your bike. <laughs> <laughs> and when it got to, when you look at 2019, and I know it's been a difficult season, obviously. Yeah, of course. I, I know it's been tough, but you know what? You, you're above the MK Dons. Yeah, oh, yeah, the yeah. Team.
2: yeah, please, how- if you wouldn't mind if we can just refer to them as the franchise or the franchise. Or I'm they, happy they, with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm happy with referring to actually, them. Actually, actually, I'll t- tell you what, Graham, maybe we can't say that actually. <laughs> We've called them MK. <laughs> <NK. laughs> We've them MK. Okay. That's what we're that's what we call them. Yeah.
1: How how much pride does it give you being a someone who I mean, I know the, the answer to this question in a sense, but I, I want your own take on it. Being where you are now, despite the difficult season you've had. After that fight, and after only what? What's that? Let's
2: uh, call it seventeen years. It's seventeen years. and a
1: half years. <clears throat> yeah. How, how do you sum up that sort of journey and, and where you're at now?
2: Like, well, you know, it, it, it's been a bit of a miracle, really. I think, but it was a miracle that that I always thought could happen. Once, once, once we got the magical senior status, which meant we could apply for a league, I knew we were on our way. We yeah, you know, we had a ground to play in. Um, we, all right, we didn't have a league to play in, but a league would come. Uh, uh, we got ourselves into a league. And once that happened, it was the, you know, I knew then that market forces would force us up a certain way. Um, we didn't know how big it was going to be. Nobody would have would have predicted that a club playing in the Combined Counties League, which is level nine. Um, I don't know you've got around there at level nine, but I would think you, there'd be a lot of clubs, you know, that, that would be playing in there the Northeast Counties League, which I think is what it's actually called. The average crowd in the league the year before we um, were in it was between 30 and 50. Most grounds passed a bucket around to get the, uh, for people to put a few quid in to help fund the team. And most of those teams were funded via the bar and the social club. You know, that's that's the way. Well, some of them, you know, actually did, did get 100 people in a match and so on and so on. And it was, you know, it was relatively sustainable. But, you know, um, that's what, what 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 we were going into. We were going into that small league. We averaged 3,000 people per match at home that season. 3,000 went to see level nine football. That's just incredible.
1: incredible. I remember that, actually. Yeah, I remember yeah. the, the crowds and stuff you had at the ground. I remember that was
2: how amazing. many people sort
1: of, Backed it, and I remember sort of the other team um, that that drifted off. I remember theirs were dwindling. The one was interesting, and it just it, it hammered home what you can achieve really. And it, I feel like it started it started something because FC United of Manchester, another yep, another thing that started up, and, and they're doing quite well themselves as well. And you, yeah, it's not a different the, thing possibly. to us though.
2: They are a different thing to us. And I, you know, I was very involved with them at the start and you know, mm-hmm. did, did a lot of work with them when they first started up and really enjoyed doing that. But you know, they are a protest movement against what's happened at Manchester United. You know, the, the, the overreaching uh, commercialisation of Manchester United is, is incredible. And I think everybody knows that. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, it's fairly obvious. So... um FC United was started up as a, a kind of a protest movement, whereas, whereas we, we, we're not what I call a protest movement or a social experiment. What I think we are are a football club, uh, uh, first and foremost, to represent the people of Wimbledon. As, as all my life I've always been represented by a football club, uh, uh, and that's what we were, as opposed, as opposed to a protest movement. What we had, which helped propel us, was righteous indignation. We had righteous indignation on our side, uh, and uh, uh, and that really helped us.
1: With with Wimbledon and things like that as well, and and where you're at, where you've come from, it's it's really quite massive. But one thing, when I was sort of looking through the years of, of what you've been involved in, and, and it's something that, I mean, it's totally different. Sunderland have, have not been anywhere near that kind of stuff. But again, we had, should we say, mismanagement from Ellis Short over the past few years, we, we've got a new chairman in, in Stuart Donald. And I think what's got everyone on side with Stuart Donald was um, he's really community based. Now, on the research I did, one thing I've noticed throughout the things that you've done throughout sort of 2002 to 2019, you're very community based. Totally. 100%. Um, I, I feel it myself how important that is in my football club. But as a as a commercial director, someone who's been involved since two thousand and two up to now, tell me in in your own words, how important do you think community is to a football, and do you think it's the most paramount thing out of everything? Because I I do. I'm, I'm
2: yeah, hundred percent. I mean, the, he's he's the thing. You know, the, the football is, it, it, is territorial. You know, there's no doubt about it. We're all proud of our football club. We scream our football club on. Sometimes it spills over. It goes the wrong way, but it's territorial. It's about where you're from and where yeah. your club is from and the good that that club can do the community at, at, at large because although it's very different now, but back in the day you know people in in Sunderland, people in uh, Manchester, people in Leeds, people in Wimbledon, they lived for their football. yeah they lived for it. you know everything revolved around the club and their build up to matches was much more than it is now. We did. It wasn't all over television. There was newspapers, and you had to go out of your way to find out about it. And you, you know, if you really wanted to find something out about it, you'd probably have to go to the pub. You know, yeah. there, there was much more of a community feel to life in those days. Now, now, you, you know, if you don't do something entertaining, people don't come, unless you're going to them with something that they vitally have to do. Like a, for instance, um, one of one of the things that that that. that we did at our place was all, all, all our staff got dementia trained so so uh, we became friends you know dementia friends um and uh, we spent the days training and people learned a lot about dementia and so on and as a consequence I, I, I went to um, a dementia hub with a couple of our old players you know going right back to the 70s uh, and and we went along there and you see it was very much appreciated not just by the people that, that were there that are suffering from um, dementia and, and Alzheimer's and the likes of, but their carers and the people around them, the nurses, the, the, everyone that was involved in that place turned around and said, that was magical. It was magical because you held everybody. Everybody learned something. Everybody felt something. And it's something very real that we do in the community like that. And we do stuff like that on a weekly basis, actually. Um, it's something that, that that is is just incredible. It's incredible, yeah. uh, and it's what a football club is there to do. But you see, what happens with a lot of the bigger clubs, it's a box ticking exercise because they get the money for their foundation to be that, and you have to have it, you know. And it becomes box ticking more than than because people actually really want to do it, uh, and 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 that's something that I hope that we never become. I don't want us to become a box-ticking exercise. I want us to do stuff in the community because we actually genuinely want to do it, not just because of how much money we get out of it, but lo and behold, it helps with money because good people see us doing stuff and go, I want to be involved. I want to do something. Yeah. What can I do? You know, And that's it. That, that to me, is the nub of the community thing. You know, Instead of just putting on stuff and making people come to us, go to them, join in with what they're doing, do stuff with people. It's, it's a wonderful way of doing things.
1: I think many people have felt was something—the difference in community, just that little thing of changing our seats because we needed them changing. They were pink, and we got people in and changed them. And the players did it with the fans, and it was yep. so, something so minimal. But after years of like basically mismanagement and and big money transfers and millionaire footballers not really caring <laughs> um, about the football club and us falling through the divisions, it was kind of nice just to do something together.
2: Yep. Yeah, no, no, I know that. For that, that is for sure. I mean, we we rely very heavily on volunteers at our place, um, <coughs> I, I, and that's something that that, that is going to be a challenge as we go into our new stadium and so on. Is how we keep it, keep the the volunteers and everyone engaged because it's going to be a, a different kind of thing. But you know, two or three times a year, we have work weekends at the club. Uh, 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 where people come along, and if it's just, you know, some people will only be able to trim the grass. Some people will paint the railing. Some people will will be much more skilled, and will be able to work on on, on other, yeah, you know, probably much more important things. It's quite incredible. We get we get a Bristol Rovers fan come to it every year. <laughs> he comes from Bristol. Because he believes in the project, probably. It believes in the project. That's exactly yeah. what it's all about, you see. Uh, and, and that, again, that gives people a sense of belief in your football club because you can actually be involved in it. Yeah. You know? And then you do get you also get volunteer tiredness and they burn out and so on and so on. It's like, oh, I just want to go and watch a football match. Well, OK, you've done your stint. Thank you very much. Hopefully there's more coming up behind that want to do stuff. That's the way it works.
1: There was something Stuart Donald said when he... first thing he said was... You know, it's your football club. It's the fans' football club, and it and it is. I, d- I don't know if we, we could have done what we did if we were still in the Premiership or what we're doing at the moment, because of the the difference of it. But I mean, we we were talking about like what about atmosphere at clubs, and we're talking about Germany, and I I go to the see Bundesliga games quite a bit, and that is high level, but it's so fan and community based. They've got someone with banners and flags and stuff like that. And sometimes people scoff at stuff like that. But you know what? It's community. It's still community. It's just on yeah. a different level. I mean, I'll, um, I'll, be, I'll
2: be honest. There, there's something that I see that this is what I believe. And, you know, some might shout at me and say I'm wrong or whatever. But but like, I'm going to talk about the biggest of the big. Manchester United Football Club. Yeah. Right. I don't think they're a club anymore. No. And that's the point. You know, the only way you can become a member there is to pay a lot of money. You become a member. You know that, that, that that's not what football was ever about for me. It was never about rinsing the fans out for as much as you can. I mean, you know, saying that, you know, times have changed now. People aren't happy to have their football club unsuccessful. They have to have a degree of success, or people aren't happy. And they're banging the door down, you know. And and you know that was happening. Dare I say, at Sunderland, even when you're in the Premier League, wouldn't it? You yeah, know, you're in the Premier League, and some people would never. Some people will never be happy. But the truth of it is, the word club. I think says everything about football I, and there, we get people come to us and, and, I'm going to include Sunderland in this and in, in particular Sunderland, actually, we had a group of your fans uh, of Sunderland fans in our hospitality lounge. Yeah. Uh, uh, we're about 40 of them. I think there were, I, I mean, first of all, they were all massive. I've never seen such big football fans in my life as the boys <laughs> that, were, that were in our thing, but Damon Barnsley, oh, I've got to say this, were the best fun that I've had in that lounge. We had an absolute scream with those boys in there, an absolute scream. They ripped it out of me because I'm five foot nothing. I slaughtered them because <laughs> I got the mic. <laughs> and but
1: it, and, and football's, That's what football should be, isn't it? I mean, I know I'm preaching at the totally choir here, but fun and, 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 and it's, it's a vice. For me, I, I like football. I'm Like I say, in my 30s, I, I see it as a vice um yeah. it's some, something I can go to and it's something I feel part of I'm I'm something, but and I yeah. feel very much part of it and I haven't for a long time up until this season which is really nice and I think it's yeah, um, lovely it's not the same it's not in the same vein we haven't had a build in the same way that you have but Dropping down those two divisions was almost like for someone a bit of a rebuild, if that makes sense. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, when I when I talk to the guys when they came down, yeah, you know, I get get the, the pleasure of talking to
2: visiting directors and I talk to the 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 Sunderland guys and the people behind it and the stuff they've had to go through. It is it, it, ridiculous. I mean it's totally bizarre what was going on there. And I just I don't understand why a football club doesn't want to work itself to its natural level. Yeah right, you know, work itself to its natural level. You should be able to sustain yourself at your natural level, you know. And if that's Championship and Premier League from time to time and Premier League and then Championship, so be it. But, you know, the holy grail of just getting into the Premiership or you're nothing is, to me, it, it's false gold. It's false gold. You know, that, that, that's what I think because, you know, it could cost you. I mean, the money in a Championship now it could cost you gazillions to try and have a crack at getting back in the in, in the uh in the premier league. Yeah, you know, it could cost you a couple of hundred million to get in there. Uh, and if it don't come off then what? Then where are you? Did, and did, you just did, dug did up the road I
1: mean? at like Middlesbrough. I mean, fifteen million on a striker from the championship these days with uh Summer Belonga last season, they didn't go up. Yeah. Like, yeah, fifteen if, million. <laughs> and that's standard, that's standard money in the championship now. It's not I mean, if you look at Chris Wood, who went to... Burnley a couple of years ago he was 15 million from Leeds I think he'd only I think he only played now and again with West Brom in the Premier League and the money's the money's insane and it does it does take things away and you know the majority of my life as a Sunderland fan I've been very lucky to say that we have played top tier football but can I be honest with you like when it comes to and I think many fans would echo this I don't think it's just me I want my club to be successful, which technically is the premiership. Yes, fair enough. Yes, the I understand that. Yeah. But at the same time, have I had any less... I've had more fun this season. And yes, that's because we've won more games. Yep, that that, that fair enough. Totally. I've had more fun this season, actually going and involving myself in the games. And I've been at Walsall, Accrington, Shrewsbury. Uh, Shrewsbury, sorry, I was pronounced that wrong. Um but I've met real fans of clubs. They support their club because they have no choice. That's where yep. they're from and that's who they support. Yep. Sometimes going to Anfield and Old Trafford and, yeah, it's nice. And, and the best day of my life was at Old Trafford um, because we got the Wembley because of that. But was the actual day apart from the match that good? No, because I didn't speak to any Man United fans. Everyone was selling scarves and it was, it was like a tourist day out at points. There's yeah. people there that on the other side that didn't care.
2: I, mean, I I knew that, that 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 Premier League football was screwed when I turned tell you on one day. It was Chelsea were playing Man United, and it was pretty much a winner takes all match in the uh, in the Premier League. It was not that many years ago, uh, yeah, you know, maybe three, four years ago, something like that. Maybe maybe longer. Than the old memory plays tricks every now and again, but I knew it was screwed when the first thing they did, they zoomed in on half a dozen people at the front of the Stratford end at Man United which used to be the loudest, most boisterous place in football. It was, you know, whether we like it or not, it was amazing, the Stratford End, right? And, and there it was, there they were, these guys, six of them, in their half-and-half half scarves. Chelsea, they had blue and white on in the Stretford End.
1: No. <laughs>
2: had half-and-half half scarves. and it's I awful, at that it? And I thought, oh, my God, they're quite clearly supporting Man
1: United, but they've yeah. got... They've
2: got something that says Chelsea on there. What is going
1: on? What is going on? It's a souvenir, isn't it? Because it's the the first or the second time they've been. And no, I mean, for for me, it it, it can sometimes sound very cheesy for people to do the whole being against that modern football thing. But I think, because I first went to my first match in 93, so the Premier League was a thing by the time I actually went to the game. Sure. But... At the same time, it's like gradually and gradually it's become, as you mentioned Manchester United before, like a cash cow. And, you know, in a sense, United's away support is so many people want to go see Manchester United for material reasons that the ones that can actually get the tickets are the genuine diehards that love Manchester United. Yeah. And that's why they're so loud. It's their life. Do you know what I mean? But the home games, you see iPads, you see phones. And I mean, I know the modern world has moved forward with stuff like that. Yeah, but I mean, bit. Oh, it's just that's what I've loved about League One. Like... I mean, we, we equalised in the last minute against Walsall and a few, I'm saying a few, about 30 of our fans ran on the pitch because we're down to 10 men. We're 2-0 down. We pulled two goals back, scored in the last minute. And I haven't seen like that was something for ages. Yeah, yeah. For, yeah, it's fantastic. For ages. And it's brilliant. And it's be, you just feel, it just feels like we've got our club back a little bit. The community elements really helped. Good. But also, I think people at this level, you you meet real fans, you have a good deal, you have a good drink, and winning games is helping. But at the same time, you, even the games we've lost, which have not been many, but the games we've lost, I haven't felt as depressed as I have maybe when I've been in the premiership going five, six games and just surviving. Yeah, It's, it's just, just surviving so we can have the money. Like it's, I, I don't know. But one, oh. one question I wanted to cool. ask you, actually. Um, obviously, you the way you're involved in football at the moment is... It's very different to the way, say, I am. And you mentioned about you met Stuart Donald and I'm, I'm guessing Charlie, um, yeah. Charlie Methven. What yeah. What were your thoughts on them when you met them? Like, because
2: I, I, I have nothing but admiration as far as I'm concerned, to be honest yeah. with you. Because I think taking on um, something like Sunderland when it's had such a rough ride, and it really has had a, a huge, everyone knows that, that, that it, it, you know it, it could have been viewed as taking on a poison chalice. But, you know, the, the good news is the fans have stayed behind the club, to say the least. I mean, it's utterly insane. What was that crowd you had on Boxing Day? 46,000. How many was it? <laughs> 46,000 in League One. It's just ridiculous. I mean, it's just magnificent, you know. And, and, and the fact of the matter is... That I say, unfortunately, I think you're, you're going to go up this year. And I, you know, I I like the thought of us surviving and you staying where you are. So we get to do it all again next year. But never mind. You know, biggest can't be <laughs> with, You know, um, uh, no, I do wish you luck in going up. I, re- I really do. Um, I think those guys are, 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 have come on and done a fantastic job at steadying the ship. I think that the proof will be in the pudding in a, a year or two's time to see whether it's worked or not and, and yeah. how they stand it when they go into what, yeah, you know, you, you, you know, in my mind, I've just looked at the league table. I think you're going up this year. I'll be very surprised if you don't go up this year. Um, I think the uh, the games are falling right for you. The teams above you are starting to um, show signs of a little bit of struggle, um, yeah. I, I, and I think that um, that you're very likely to, uh, to 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 go up. Very, I'll be very surprised if you don't go up this year. Very surprised. The proof of the pudding will be a bit, a little bit like Bolton got themselves up, didn't they? Bolton yes. Bolton got up and then they 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 got they've struggled so badly. They've struggled very badly. And I think that, that it wouldn't be the case with Sunderland. I think you'll be okay. But you know, that'll be the proof of the pudding as to whether it's worked and whether their business plans are right and so on and so on to get it right, because it's tempting to spend millions again in the championship.
1: Oh, I mean, you've got fans at the moment who want us to splash cash on on Kiefer Moore, which is four million, apparently, bonds they want for him. And I think you're learning from the lessons of Sunderland of the past. It's it's not financially viable to spend four million on a league one striker. That's just my opinion.
2: But... <laughs> oh, maybe we might have one or two you could have for for, for four million. <laughs> we'll, give you, <laughs> we'll, give, we'll give you two for that, I'll, I'll guarantee you. Um, no, uh, four million for, for Kiefer Moore. Really? I mean, Yeah, he's a, you know, he's a decent player, but four million—four million, not 4 million? no,
1: That's not right. when you can get Will Greg for about one. Um... Yeah,
2: yeah, but yeah, again, you're talking in millions there. You know, I think we've our, our our rounded up spend this season has been fifty-eight grand or something. You know, I mean it's insane we played West Ham the other night and you know they they bought on a 40 million pound player against us <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah and th- I, I I totally forgot to mention that actually I'm I'm thinking about I was mentioned before it's been it's been a tough season for, oh, for Wimbledon. Yeah. it has been and I, and I can understand you know what at the same time very proud of where you've got to but once you get there you want to stay in it and I know it's been tough but I, yeah from a Sunderland perspective, seeing you beat West Ham was like, oh for fuck's sake! Um, because it was yeah. like you might you might be back on form, but was that? Would you say since you've been involved since two thousand and two, that's been sort of your best day? No,
2: no, 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 no very, very far from it. In fact, okay. I would say no. Our our best days were. I think that when we played Sutton, our very first match, that's right up there because it was just mm-hmm. incredible. Um, yeah, we we played a football match in front of uh, t- just under five thousand people, a preseason friendly between two teams that 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 we didn't even know the names of our players. We didn't have our own kit. Uh, we lost four 0 and there was a pitch invasion in celebration. Well, how about that? You know, <laughs> that take that takes a beating a day like that. Yeah, but no, when, when, when we got back in the football league, you know, it, it, it took us nine years. Uh, 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 looting up at, at the City of Manchester Stadium. That was really special. That was something that, because people, when we started it, turned around and said, our oh, fans can't run a football club. You're never going to get anywhere. You know, you might make it to the conference for a season or two, but then you've had it. Uh, and not only do we make it to the conference, we make it out of the conference in nine years. Yeah. That, 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 that's absurd. And, you know, and then again, we had our day at Wembley when we played. Uh, Plymouth at Wembley in front of you know, well over 50,000 fans. And yeah you know, we had a terrific day out that day. So you know, I would say that um, the West Ham game was definitely up there. 100% is up there. But we, if you're asking me if it's the best day, uh, you'd have to go some to beat that day at, at City of Manchester Stadium. And of course, 1988 when we won the FA Cup.
1: Well, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> That's so, quite a good we, out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, I've only been at Wembley once in, in my lifetime, sadly, because the other times I've been stuck, but there's nothing like seeing your team at Wembley and no. seeing them win it. Well, yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. hopefully I'll get there in the checker trade this year. <laughs> but, well, I'll, tell
2: you, I'll tell you what, that would be some occasion if you do.
1: Because, I think oh, we we'll pack it out.
2: Yeah, well, not only will you pack it out, because I, I, I think I saw that Portsmouth are still in it. I mean, if if it's Sunderland Portsmouth in the Checker Trade, it'd be sold out three times over. It'd be fantastic, great occasion that'll be. I'll probably go with that myself. It'd be brilliant. Bit right knees up. i
1: would be superb. Yeah, I yes. mean, um, we I loved Wembley the last time. It was brilliant. Um, so I I, I would take in any 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 trophy any competition if it's Wembley. I'm, I'm going to go.
2: Now, of course, absolutely, absolutely, and why not? Indeed, and uh, you know, I mean. Uh, I don't know. You've got games in hand as well, haven't you? Up there, quite. You know, Yeah. You, yeah. I, I, I'll be. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll be very surprised if you don't. If you don't go up. I mean, dear old Portsmouth are faltering. I think Barnsley are the best team I've seen this year. I must be honest. They Barnsley lost again got, tonight. No, they drew in the end.
1: God, did they, they draw? They,
2: yeah, they <sighs> good, They got it back. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry to give you some bad news there, but Newcastle
1: uh, winning, Barnsley getting a draw. Gee,
2: yeah, full of no, no, the bad news. <laughs> no, no, to be honest with you, Barnsley getting a draw is a result because, like I said, they're the best team I've seen this season. Uh, I agree when, with you on that. Yeah, when we played you this season, I mean, how, how on earth you beat us? That was a bloody miracle. But that was that, that 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 was a referee without any shadow of a doubt, most blatant handball I've ever seen in my life on the line. Your guys will remember this. Uh, yeah, I do uh, 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 Brian Oviedo leant into the ball. Handball, less than 10 yards from the referee, he's not only not given us the pen, he's he's played on. I mean, it was unbelievable.
1: It was the worst decision I've ever seen. The overriding emotion of the Wimbledon game, apart from Cats actually scoring not one but two, was... How, how much we, I think it was the first time this season where I looked at like the physicality of the team we were playing and I felt a little bit worried about how weak we were because I thought you battered us for the first 45 yeah. minutes and I don't we, think anyone would disagree with me on that.
2: No, 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 we did. We absolutely took it to you and, and you know, I, I still can't believe how we lost that game and, and I do think, you know, it, it, that, that, that I look at the referee and we've had so many bad decisions like that, 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 you yeah, I hate talking about referees that, that they've affected how you're supposed to even itself out. Well, we haven't had a penalty all season and you know, one incident that was a blatant penalty, we've had several others. And I'm just like, wow, are we, are we going to get that turn of luck? And if we do, I think we'll get
1: out of it. We've had, Saturday a, on Saturday. <laughs> we've had a, we've had a funny run of, of luck like with, uh, with referees. I don't know whether you've seen the Bradford goal, or not goal. Uh yeah, I did see that, yeah. That that was definitely in.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I wouldn't argue with that, but we haven't got technology in this at this level, have we? That's that that that's one thing that
1: the, that's the you've been a Sunland fan at the moment, technically, I suppose, because it was definitely in that. But uh um, yeah. one thing I, I kind of want to touch on re- real quick. Um I I do a I've, or I've started doing a piece for the site on three key players to watch and I actually quite like doing it because we've dropped so fast um it's quite nice to do the research on teams and I'm I'm learning more week on week with league one but like (laughs) at the beginning it was tough you know yeah Um, what I find brilliant is your best players or the players that I've pinpointed have all come from non-league yeah 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 um Mitch Pinnock, Piggott, um but I, I wanted to put this question to you because I always put this to our, our, our fan. And you are a fan, yes. You may be a director, but massively massively a, a fan of Wimbledon. Who 100%. would be your three key players for us to look out for on Saturday? Right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give give you, um, I, I, I think you've got to watch out for Pinnock. I think you've got to
2: watch out for Pyre. He seems to be on fire right now. But he's the one that you've never heard of um, because he's only played four times for us and he made his full debut against West Ham. And he is the fastest footballer that I've got a feeling he's the fastest I've ever seen. We've had some fast boys at our place over the years, but, but Dylan Connolly, yeah, yeah we, we, we got him from um, uh, Dundalk,
0: you know, <laughs> that,
2: that footballing hotbed over there. We got yeah. him from Dundalk, and I've got to tell you now, he's quick. He's proper quick, and uh, your guys would have scouted and seen that. Um Good luck with anyone trying to trying to hold on to him because he 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 he's so quick, and he actually takes the ball with him, and he's got good end product. Uh, how we got him for what we got him for, I will never know, but 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 wow! So yeah, if you ask me for one to watch for, he's it. But the other two are pretty decent too, at right now. We're was doing Quills.
1: Well. I went. I went for. I went for Wagstaff. Yeah, I went for Piggott. Obviously. And I went for Penn, uh, Pennick and I went for uh Piggett as well. Yeah. Which is quite difficult to say when you see the names in line. Piggett <laughs> and Pennick. Um yeah. so before before I do let you go, um I'm gonna ask for a prediction and I'll give you mine afterwards. But but what what's your thoughts for Saturday? Oh, do you know what? It really depends which of our
2: teams turn up. Yeah. If our team against West Ham turn up. And we play like that again, which we we know we're capable of. Then I think it'll be a really good game. We'll probably walk out three two winners, right? That that that's where I'm. If we play like that again, yeah, we've got every chance against anybody, against any team. Um, if if the team that turned up against Fleetwood turns up, we'll lose five 0 at least. <laughs> so let's go somewhere in that. the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure you would take that. But yeah, I think we're going to be fired up after the West Ham game. I think so many people have turned around and said, look, you know, we watched that game. How on earth are you are you bottom of League One? It's just preposterous. Yeah. Well, you know, um, if we ever get a bit of luck, if we ever get a decent decision of a referee, um, we, we, we're going to turn someone over soon. Um, so we might as well start with you lot because that's a nice big scalp to take. And it's typical Wimbledon if we were to be the party poopers for you
1: guys. Oh, and it's typical Sunderland to get beat off the team currently, bottom of the league. So, um, <laughs> But I think I, I'm, I'm going to say 2-1. We haven't scored more than one goal in about six or seven games. Good, keep that going. <laughs> we can't keep the clean sheet. Good. But I, I'm saying 2-1 and we've just lost Josh Madge. And I, don't, I suppose it really does depend who we bring in. We brought Grant Ledbetter in today. Um, yeah, good player. I would imagine by the time that this comes out, Lewis Morgan will be signed, um, from what I know. And hopefully, we Will bring and another striker as well. But you never Jesus know. Creeps. That's a lot of
2: strikers coming in. Well, you know, listen, if you sign that lot, we, we might have a tougher day than we thought. But meanwhile, they've got to get in and train and bed down a little bit, haven't they? I suppose so. They shouldn't all start. i will be surprised. Um, you know, listen, we, we'll come up. We'll give you a good game on Saturday. That's what I think. And I think it'll be... Yeah, listen, the game down at our place was wonderful. It's just the result was wrong. Yeah. Um, and I I don't think there are many Sunderland, any Sunderland fans that were there that day would actually agree with that. You know, it, mm-hmm. it may be a draw. Really. But 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 yeah, we that that penalty in a straight red for Oviedo and, and it's a different result, in my opinion. But it, it happened. Now it'll be a real justice if we walked away with three points on Saturday. And if we don't, then we we'll put up a good show. Whatever happens, we're coming up in numbers. We've got a lot of our fans coming up, I can tell you that. There'll be some real numbers. Well, for us, it'll be big numbers. For Sunderland, it'll be you'll be laughing at it, I suppose. But we're going to come up whenever a right good go, uh, uh, and, and yeah, with a bit of luck, we'll we'll get a result for us. <laughs>
1: it's, it's been really, really nice having you. on. I just one of the the lads were just messaging me there and asking mm-hmm. asking how it was going. And I've I've got to be honest, it's been an absolute joy listening to you, mate. Because it's um, I'm really pleased you've done it, and I think it's. I think it's really good to hear the story of what's happened, and it's really great to see you where you are. Because I, I remember when what happened happened. I remember that, and I think anyone who likes football at any level, a season ticket holder, or someone who takes a good passing interest, would be delighted to see Wimbledon where Wimbledon are. Well, um,
2: thank you for that, and, and 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 we do feel that as we go around the country, we feel that all over course. the place. Football fans, no football fans, don't they? Yes, yeah, we understand we we're, we're we're the same breed, and football hurts. You know, if you mm-hmm. can't have those shitty, horrible times then you're never going to understand those brilliant highs. And I feel sorry for Man United fans. I feel sorry for Arsenal fans. You look at where they are and you hear their fans moaning and bitching and moaning and bitching and they're <laughs> upset with this, that, and the other. They should try being all of us sometime. And then they'll know yeah. what being a football fan is really all about.
1: <laughs> fans you only winning one or two trophies every five years. Imagine that life. <laughs> Jeez. But, um... But I, <laughs> I generally mean, it, and it sounds like an arse and comment. But I think anyone who's a football fan would understand 100. percent If you move Sunderland to like Leeds, what it would feel like? I think everyone from the the day you st- the day you started as AFC Wimbledon was fully behind you, and I think everyone's super pleased. And I think at Sunderland outside of that to be where you are. Yes, we want to beat you on Saturday. Let's not kid ourselves. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> at the same time, I think it's been brilliant. Now, I, I really wanted to get someone who was involved in that on the podcast and I'm really delighted you did it, mate. I'm really, oh, well, really thankful. I,
2: well, I've been very, very pleased to talk to you. And if, if there are any of those Sunderland fans that are in our hospitality uh, when 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 we played you at our place if anyone feel like coming down again to have another pop at me they're more than welcome because i'm ready
1: for <laughs> <all> it <right? laughs> <laughs> sharpening your tongue yes good <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> okay, well, I, well, thanks very well, much mate, my friends enjoy saturday pleasure. yeah and you Honestly. Cheers, mate. good night thanks night, mate, mate good night i'll be honest with you i thought he was absolutely brilliant really really liked him i know a lot of people are probably listening going oh he's just kissing his ass and Maybe you might think that. I don't don't mind. I I don't know how many of you were actively watching football in 2002. I'm guessing there's quite a few. If there's anyone a little bit younger than me who may have missed that. It was was shocking when it happened. And I don't think anybody who likes football at any level or cares about their team could understand what it would be like to have happen what happened to Wimbledon or or what happened to Wimbledon. And I think everyone fully has a... has empathy with AFC Wimbledon for what happened. And I am, for one, I'm delighted to see that, you know, they've achieved what they've achieved. I want to win on Saturday, of course I do. That niceness goes out the window, and that empathy goes out the window on Saturday. But I think it's brilliant to show what you can achieve. And, and as I've said many times on this podcast, I think when it comes to community, you feel part of something, you're proud of where you're from, um, and nothing ever would take away Sunderland and if something did take away Sunderland in the way that had happened to Wimbledon, I would hope to think that we would have the same same mindset as a club the way that AFC Wimbledon and, and Ivor had. But yeah, thanks, thanks so much for tuning in. I hope I didn't talk too much enjoy the match on Saturday I'm sadly not making it I get a miss Grant Ledbetter's return which I would have been really excited for I've always really liked Grant Ledbetter as a player and as, um, as a lad because he's one of us and And hopefully we can win and, and I'm confident we will but I think it's going to be a tougher game than it might have been maybe a few weeks ago with their win against West Ham but thanks for checking in as always enjoy your week let's hope the transfer window goes well um, onwards and upwards I've been Graham. this has been the Roper Report Extra Podcast with Ivor Heller
0: Some exchange betting companies run short-lived promotions, like months-long offers of low commission. At BetDAC, we wanted to change the way we did things, so we set our commission at 2% permanently. That's 2% on football, horse racing, golf, almost any sport. 2%. That's just one way that BetDAC is changing for the better. For the better, like you. BetDAC, the 2% commission exchange.